You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR Radio Fitzroy, Victoria, and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters, each week we bring you environment and social justice stories. Coming up on Earth Matters, we yarn on a new short film documentary. It's called Waburu Bananu, or Water Shield in English. Coming up in a moment, you'll hear from the film director Jason DeSantolo and also coming up in today's show, you'll hear from the traditional owners Gadrian Hussein and Scott McDinney. This documentary shows the devastating effect local mining has had on local community water supplies and the local community. This film shows a fight that's been happening with the local elders since back in the late 1970s. Before we get into the interview, first... Here's the short film documentary trailer for Wabadoo Bananu. You know, the country is crying. It needs someone. It's hurt. In the Northern Territory's remote Gulf of Carpentaria, Indigenous traditional owners and mining giant Glencore are locked in a battle over the future of one of the world's biggest zinc mines. That's the MacArthur River down there. Like fella call it now and yeah. I grew up fishing and swimming in this river. Oh, yeah. We used to be rich, just eating bush tucker from salt water and mainland. And you cannot eat anymore now. understand 
ways to to um, to get to sort of um, get some solutions happening. We we decided and had an opportunity to to make a documentary um, with the families and with with Brown Cabs um, with John Harvey who who produced it as well. And um, and it was yeah through a uh, Indigenous Unit Screen Australia initiative called State of Emergency, which is all about protecting country and and telling stories about um, protecting country. So it is quite a personal story for you because the mining that's happening up there at the moment, this is your country, eh? It's actually on Gurdjieff country, the Macarthur River mine. Okay. Um, it's a Glencore mine. Um, that's the main focus of the film, but the... Oh, um, but the... Um, but we're all along the same river system and we're all connected ceremonially so it's kind of on it's a little bit complicated but it's um so your country's close to where the mines are yeah yeah we're it's it's sort of um very close it's all the same community we're all we're all related what happens in in the region through the water affects all of the four the four clans and and you know brother gadrian's you know with us and can talk more about that sort of the cultural aspects of it too, the way we're connected, and the importance. You know, the relationship to water is really is a really really important um, part of our way of way of life as well. Yeah, and that is of course the name of the documentary, um, Water Shield or Wabado Bananu. Is that correct? Did I say that right, Bruce? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, Wabado Bananu. Is, um, Why is did you call we, it Water Shield? Um, well, we we didn't name it that. Start was, but it was kind of came through a little bit. We talked about what what was the reason why we wanted to tell the documentary, to, to, to make the documentary. But also when we were talking with the elders, they were talking about two laws and how you know two laws, which is the documentary, which the elders. Made was Pub, um, Alessandra Cavadini and Carolyn Strawn in the late seventies, early eighties, which was a really important film for the community because it, it was the you know the community co, you know kind of co-produced it and um, and also it, what it did was unite the voices of the the four the four the four tribes um, against mining. Um, so there was a real you know. Um, Emphasis on the strength of culture and cultural practices and songlines, and as as a shielding power, having shielding powers, and so you know, the idea was we sort of reflected on that, and, um, and through some some of some of the longer term work we've been doing um, to protect country, we decided to call it, call it you know what you know water shield is a part of that ongoing and long term. Um, custodial responsibility of looking after country. And I'm wondering, how long did you spend in in entirety f- for the production? Some of it took, you know, like a lot of the earlier parts, the consultation and stuff, and the conceptualisation of the project was done in a little bit quicker than we would normally do, um, given some of the timeframes in the, with the initiative. Um, and then the editing, we really took took our time um, 
And we worked with some yeah, really great editor, Sally Biasuti, who's based in Melbourne. Scotty actually came down for a few weeks and we were on the phone significantly. So that went over quite a few months. And um, so it was, a, it was a really, and then, you know, the post happened. So it was a full year before for the whole for the whole production to take place. These things do take time in the film world, eh? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, but we're really, yeah, I guess um, it's only really a blink of an eye, really, in terms of, you know, all the, all the well, everything that all of our ancestors and elders have, are doing and continue to do. So we, you know, we wanted to, you know, really, we really wanted to do it the proper way. And that's, you know, Gadrian. Scotty and the elders, um, we really had to run a lot of stuff by everyone before we could share it. Mm. So I think we did it in a really good way. And what's some of the feedback that you've had from the documentary? It's screened at the Melbourne International Film Festival, also at the Sydney Film Festival. What's some of the reaction you've got from audiences? It's really, I've had some really kind of emotional responses to it. I think a lot of people know know some of the issues that are happening around mining and know some of the issues that are happening with black followers on country through some of the great work that, you know, Seed's doing and um, a lot of the um, NGOs and, and other, you know, all, all sorts of mob are doing really good work um, at this time. But um, I don't know if they often have the personal, sort of some the personal journey expressed in some of these films, so... I think that people actually they just come up and said, "Oh, I, I, you know, I go, your film made me cry," and I, but it gave me hope. That's exactly how I felt when I watched it. It was heartbreaking to see, especially the aerial shot I saw of the open cut mine. And my heart sank at that point watching that footage. Yeah, you can, um, and yeah, we spent we spent time with Uncle Adrian and Marla and. Mm. and some of the family with all that mm. and you know we're really all feeling it and um, I guess that was one of the other things with the film is that we wanted to share this to connect more with all of us mob and internationally you know we had a, a, a just popped over for a, a school screening in, in Aotearoa um, in Mangere in Aotearoa in Auckland, in, in Auckland. Mm. and um I actually got invited to Iomata, which is, you know, really that massive occupation that's happening over there. And um, there was a lot of real resonances with what's happening and all of us are standing up as protectors of our our lands, waters and sacred sites at this time. You know, there's lots of resonances with Moanakea and Hawaii. And it's really similar in a way to... You know that sort of resistance history with our mob. I think is culture is at the front of it. You know, and I think um, staying strong in that way and showing that strength through the story, I think, is really, really, really. You know, I'm really proud that we could achieve that. And also, while we have you here today, Jason uh, De Santolo, the director of uh, Wabadu Bananu. You've also got Gadrian Hussein and Scott McDinney with you on the line. Did you want to put yeah. um, Gadrian on the phone yeah, so we can have a sure, quick thank chat? You. Thanks so much for your time, Jason. So tell me about this film and how did you first become involved in it, bruh? Um, well, 
me and Scotty, the first, uh, me and Scotty, the one who rang Jason up and told him, told Jason about uh, we should try and make a documentary. I mean, we all planned it together too before. Mm. Uh, we sat down and talked about it. Um, me and Jason and Scotty came up with the idea. Um, we should try and do this um, documentary, uh, make make this documentary and put it out so people can look. You know. Um, uh, how big big mining giants are impacting our community, you know, and that's and that's the whole reason why um, we down here too as well for the big uh, climate strike and that. And, and I'll be speaking at that um, speaking at the climate strike they're having down here in Sydney is going to be a massive one. Yeah, about over thirty thousand people. Um, so uh, as you can see, we're still we're still fighting hard, you know. To protect our country and our land and water and you know everything that we got you know all the beautiful country that we got left for future generations yeah and of course this is not the first time that a film was made there was a film made back in the 19 in the late 70s with the Boralula elders so yeah it's just part of continuing that same story isn't it that you younger generation are picking up now and carrying the flag yeah and that, that is true yeah you know, we we carrying we we carrying that battle on. You know, we keep carrying the fight on for, for you know, from back in the seventies uh, and eighties when all the elders first started fighting. You know, and they made their first documentary, like what Bro Jason was talking about, the Two Law. You know, and, and when we seen that, you know, for as young fellas growing up behind, and we all looked at each other and started talking about it. You know, I just we're going to keep this fight on. You know, keep the fire burning. You know, we need to keep putting, you know. Yeah, protecting so, our land for future generations. So tell me, Gadrian, if I was to go up to your country to Boralula, um tomorrow, what are things like on the ground there? What is the current state of the situation of the water in Boralula? If you come up there, you're, the first warning you'll get: never fish in that river. Otherwise, you'll have lead in your in your blood because you know um, we had this. Um, uh, independent monitoring mob came down in 2014 and they mm. tested all the fish and and, and they proved it that the fish were poisoned. Yeah. So if you come in my community, I will tell you the danger of it. I will tell you not to drink the water in that community. Only, um, not, not at Karawa 1 camp because that's where the main con- water contamination was. But mm. now in Barula, we got, uh, they got this big, um, uh, massive filter now. Um, I don't know whether you've seen it on news because he came up on ABC News. It went on. It went viral on the news. Um, <clears throat> the only place they didn't fix up is at Garoa One Camp. They were saying that um, at Garoa One Camp is uh, at Garoa One Camp it was good because they said it on the news, but it wasn't Garoa One Camp that was good. It was the township of Borulula was really. You know, had the good drinking water because they had that filter. Um, anyway, so, this documentary made a bit of changes too as well. Um, this documentary made a really good changes for us. Um, now yeah. that they um, they seen this documentary went viral all over uh, on uh, um, premiered over in Sydney and uh, here in Sydney and uh, you know all around all around the country. And now that they got new pipeline running across from the township of Borula to Garoa One Camp, which is really good. We can see changes happening now. The documentary made a change. Isn't that wonderful? And that must give you a lot of hope, Bruz. 
yeah, that, that do give us a lot of hope. And, you know, um, still got more to come. We still got more to win yet. Yeah. And you do a lot of monitoring and testing of the water in the waterways up there. And yeah, how, little, how's that nephew, going? Yeah, my nephew Scotty will tell you about all that because he's the one who's done all that sort of thing, monitoring and stuff. All right. Well, yeah, we might have a chat that. with him. How's that? Can yeah, you pass no the phone you can over? With him right now. Thank yeah. you for the chat, Gadrian. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. All right. Thank take care, too. brother. Good luck with the fight. You're listening to Earth Matters. I'm speaking with. Gadrian Hussein. Before that, you heard from Jason DeSantolo. And coming up now, Scott McDinney is on the line to talk about Wobodo Bananu Watershield, which is a new documentary out. A very good day to you, Scott. How are you, bros? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Now, I was just talking to Gadrian there, and he was telling telling us about the current situation on the ground up there at Boorooloola and surrounding waterways, and then I asked him about the testing. Now, that's something that you're involved in. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I've done some testing with um, a couple of um, people that came along up there, and they tested some water, and, and um, it's not looking too good up there, you know, like contamination. I don't, we don't know when it when it started, but, um, you know, we, we need answers, and that's why we, we're still, you know, we, we're looking for answers, and, you know, we're slowly getting them, but, you know, like, this fight that we're having, it's not, it's not going to stop. Uh, so, Gadrian just told yeah. us before that you can't fish in the river because of the high levels of lead that are contained in the fish, and you can't drink the water. So, what do you do, Mob? What do you mob do for water up there? Um, well, the, the Garwa 1 camp, the Garwa 1 and 2 camp, they get their, their bore water is right, like it's like 100 metres from the from the Makata River. That's mm. their bore water. Mm. And, you know, like we don't know how long the river, um, the bore water was poisoned. We don't know how long. But last year on the 19th of April, they, they got this letter from the from the. Department of Health saying that it is unsafe to drink the water because it, ha- it has, um, you know, le- um, high levels of um, manganese and lead. Mm. Manganese and lead. Um, and but the only thing is we don't know when, or we don't know how long the manganese and lead was was in the in, the, in our drinking water. And um, yeah, it, it is still unsafe to drink that water. You know, like I got my little brother and he's got his little family with him, and you know. When, when, every time when we get water, we go from the Garwa One camp because we stay there. Like, and we go towards Wanangola. That's like our air station. And Wanangola, it's that's they get their they got a different bore water mm. where they get it. And we go there and collect bottle uh, water. It doesn't sound easy, does it, bro? Yeah, it's hard, you know. And we we shouldn't be doing this, you know. Like, you know. What do you want the government to do? If they, if you like, had a magic want, wand, what what do you want the government to do? Yeah, clean up, clean up what it, what what they done. You know, like um, because um, you know, once water gets poisoned, it's irre- it's irreversible. You know, mm. you can't you can't clean you can't filter like clean water, uh, like after it's you know contaminated with. Not at all, know, eh? Yeah, mm. you can't fix water. And you were yeah. saying there a little bit before that you're not sure how long the water has been contaminated for. So I'm wondering, have you seen any 
uh, health um, impacts up there that this is impacting on your community mob's health um, already? Are you seeing any signs of this, like the, any skin rashes or anything like that from the water? No, but we've seen like dead fish along the river and, you know, we're not, that's not natural cause, of course. Like there's a, there's a big mining company that is 60 kilometres up the river from where we are, you know, and, and where we are, Barlowe, it's like 40 k's away from, from the, from the ocean, the Gulf of Carpentaria. Yeah, like, you know, we, we've seen like fish, you know, like dead fish on the side of the river and, and now the river is slowly, you know, it's it's slowly drying the river. Yeah, have, it's never been like that. Like when I when I've been growing up, and even my old people as well, like my nana, because she's like the most important person, like in my life. Like I had, mm. uh, you know, my nanas, and you know, they they've seen the river from where it is, like how the way it was back in the back in the days, and how it is now. You know. And it's slowly drying up because of that. They done a they done a big um they they diverted the river, and now it's not running anymore. It's like it's slowly drying. So where do you go fishing to eat your fish? Where do you have to go? How far do you have to travel to go and fish now? Um, we go to um, Fletcher Creek. So that's like um that's um probably. Uh, Thirty kilometers east of Barola, and there's Weirin River. There's um, it's like it's like fifty k's, and then there's Fulsh River, and there's Robinson River. Yeah, but that's like that's like east of Barola. Mm, and that's quite a way, isn't it? Just to go yeah. fishing, a hey, long it's drive. Like, it's like it's like homeland as well, fast. Ah, uh, true. Mm. Yeah, that's why. Like we feel, you know, we feel like when we go there, like oh. Our heart belongs to that area, you know, and that's why we go there and fish there. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I used to that that Macarthur River. That's like my childhood memories for that place. Is you know, I got heaps of stories for that place, and you know, like I've been fishing there, swimming there, and drinking the water there, and but not anymore. I can't do that now because you know. Of what happened to the river. And what can we do as people to help your situation? Is there anything we can do as the wider community to help? I just keep sharing our stories and mm. you know, keep telling it. Yeah. And that way so um, people can hear us. Because, you know, we're in the bush. Nobody, not, nobody, nobody can't hear us in the bush. That's why we come into the city, because that's where people are. Everybody's at, you know. So what would you like to say to our listeners today? Um, just hear our story and watch Wabura Burana because it's the truth of the struggle that we had and we've gone through. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network and today on the program I would like to thank our guests, Director Jason D. Santello and local community members, Gadrian Hussein and Scott McDinney from Buralula. The documentary Wabudu Bananu, or Watershield in English, documents the ongoing and devastating effects local mining has had on the local water supplies and the local community. And if you've missed some of today's show, don't forget our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. 
Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the dedicated people at the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program to air. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again with more Earth Matters next week.